coming right here to drop the team. You know that it's the team of Queen Bee. Coming right here to drop the team. You know that it's the team of Queen Bee. Coming right here to drop the team. You know that it's the team of Queen Bee. Coming right here to drop the team. You know that it's the team of Queen Bee. Yeah. Hey, hey, what's going on to all my kings and queens and in-betweens? It's your girl, the one and only intelligent, captivating, marvelous, magnificent diva, Miss B, Queen B. Back again this week with another episode of The Tea with Queen B. Hey, guys. It's week seven. Oh my gosh, can you believe it? If you're a loyal listener to the show, I appreciate your entire life. Once again, I love y'all for coming back. Once again, those numbers just keep going up and up and up. If this is your first time listening to the show, what took you so long to get here, honey? I'm always sharing that link telling you to click and come on in. It took you long enough, baby. Have a seat. I hope everyone had a great Mother's Day this weekend. If your mother is no longer here, I'm really sorry about that. I do hope that you are still able to show your appreciation to an important woman or, you know, mother-like figure in your life. Um, I know that Mother's Day can be, like, really, really hard for some people or put them, you know, on this high of high where they know they can get together and see their whole family I have nothing but women in my family for the most part. We are five or six generations of mostly women. I I can count my like uncles and, you know, cousins, like literally on one hand, there's just not a lot of men in our family. So Mother's Day is really special because we have a really big family and everyone in the family has played a role in some sort of way in the rearing of us younger generation. And now some of my cousins and, you know, relatives have children now. So it's really nice to see them be able to get celebrated because it's hard. It's hard to raise a child. I'm 32 years old, still scratching my head. Like, how am I going to do that and live a life? I haven't, you know, found the balance and the middle ground to bring my mind to have kids, but maybe one day. Anywho, this week was really quiet on the home front for me. I didn't really do much. However, I decided to walk to the grocery store with my girlfriend the other day. It was like really nice outside. We're like, oh, we're not going to Uber. Let's just walk. And on the way back, I was accosted by a dead raccoon. Now, I know that doesn't make sense because the raccoon was dead. I named him Lil Cooney, but I have an immense fear of roadkill. I don't know what it is about it. I don't like it. I don't want to be near it. It's not even about the smell. It's just the fact that I know that that animal is dead. Dead, dead. (laughs) And... I can't, it's one of those weird things about me, my crazy obsession or something. I cannot wrap my mind around roadkill. And I understand the sentiment of like vegans when they're saying, you know, could you still be a meat eater or, you know, consume animals in any kind of way if you had to kill that animal and cook it and defeather it and all of that? And the answer unequivocally for me is, oh, hell no. 
No, ma'am, you lost me. I don't want to break a turkey's neck. Uh, I don't want to do none of it. I don't. I swear I don't. I want my chicken wing to look like a chicken wing when it gets in front of me. I would not be able to process, like, actually having to kill the animal on my own. Like, I can feel my hands tingling just talking about it. Something about roadkill just sends like a wave of heat through me and pins and needles. And I have never been able to explain it. But my brothers and sisters know, my mom, all of them, like, no, no roadkill for Bianca at all. And then my girlfriend was like, Bianca, we are not walking around. Like, I was going to sacrifice walking the long way all the way back around to get home because I was like, I am not walking past little cooney i'm not doing it and it was like he made it to the curb and he had like his hand under his chin like a kindergartner taking a school picture and like one little baby toe had made it up on the curb and it was just all types of emotions like I was sad for little Cooney but at the same time I was mad that he was right there because I am the one that had to run past this raccoon which I did hold ass with my hands over my face looking through my fingers like ah, it's coming to get me like I felt it on me I just I can't I can't I can't do the roadkill it's something about it that just freaks me out and he was like a huge ass raccoon like I'm not missing any mills type of raccoon I can't oh boy it, it really it really did something to me but that was the only exciting thing that happened for me this week, uh, I'm in the house all day, every day, y'all know that, so that was my one up, and it wasn't really a high, it was just more so like panic for me, anyway. <laughs> this week in history is really light for y'all this week. Um, on May 11th, 1904, the surrealist painter Salvador Dali was born, and Salvador Dali really took the surrealist movement to the next level if you're into art. Um, even if you're not into art, I'm pretty sure that you have seen his painting, which is probably the most famous one, The um, Persistence of Memory, and it's that... Uh, painting where like the clocks are melting over everything but in the background you see like mountains and pristine beach and you know it's surrealism is kind of you know that exploration of subconscious imagery and pushing the boundaries and Salvador Dali played around with a lot of erotic surrealist you know um ideas and it's it's just this dream world almost where a lot of, you know, things are juxtap- juxtaposed and, you know, for people who aren't into art or don't know about that, juxtaposition are just basically two things that have nothing to do with each other or, you know, just don't go together that are mashed together to create juxtaposition. And I really do like Salvador Dali. The uh, Persistence of Memory is a great piece. It's a piece that can make you think that can mean a lot of different things to different people, and it's really about the interpretation of the painting. Um, 
What else happened today? Oh, I should have started with that. 1981, May 11th, Bob Marley passed away. The late, great Bob Marley. And if you haven't watched that documentary, it was so good. Just about like his life and what he was doing for Jamaica and um, how a lot of people were saying that they didn't believe that cancer is what killed Bob Marley. But um, nonetheless, the short life that he did live, you know, he made such an impact on reggae music and, you know, just getting that crossover out to the masses of people and, you know, making reggae a mainstream thing. A lot of people can accredit that to Bob Marley and that's what's up. This day in history also, um, on May 13th, this week in history, May 13th, 1888, slavery was abolished in Brazil. And I wrote that down because a lot of the times I, I feel like black people, we think that slavery is um, just limited to us being, you know, brought over here from, you know, Africa on ships and, you know, was a United States thing. No, there was slavery going on everywhere. And even in Brazil, they still have really big colorism issues and Brazil goes through a lot of these highs and lows where these, you know, darker skinned Brazilians are not treated the same as the ones with blonde hair and blue eyes. These people from Brazil who don't claim that they have any type of black in them whatsoever or that they're Afro-Latina or whatever because they don't look like everyone else. And it's a really, really big problem over there. I watched a documentary on that a few years ago, just how Brazilians look so different. They come in all shapes and colors and you you don't know outright by looking at someone that they are from Brazil because they just run the gambit of looks and, you know, how they come. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for On This Day in History. Not too much going on on the home front. Again, I'm so happy to be back with y'all on a lighter note this week. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back for the tea over there. Hey guys, if you're at home right now thinking, dang, how can I start my own podcast and you got some stuff to say, you need to definitely utilize Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast and it is free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will also help distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on multiple platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's dope because, you know, sometimes some of us get a little, you know, frazzled about who's listening or not, but you can still make your coins. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I said, brr, it's cold in here. There must be some haters in this atmosphere. I said, oh, we, yo, we, yo, ice, ice, ice. Oh, we, yo, we, yo, ice, ice, ice. <laughs> ah, yes, 
glad to start it with that because today's tea is piping hot, honey, and it is all about haters in your atmosphere, honey. And I'm sure we all have one or two or ten that we may or may not know of. And I think that this is super important to address, especially among millennials, because there is now a certain level of hating that's almost acceptable and to be expected. And it kind of used to be that someone needed a reason to hate on you, you know, that high school drama where it's like, oh, she dated my ex and, you know, we used to be friends in the seventh grade and, you know, now you just have like this forever enemy and... (laughs) You know, little dumb things like that. But I find that whether it be work or your personal um, ventures as far as, you know, starting a business or going back to school, whatever, in your personal life, there's always that one, that one friend that you're not sure if they're actually a friend to you or not, or they're just staying close enough to... Peep your scene and, you know, stay in your atmosphere so they can be newsy to see what the fuck you got going on. And, you know, there are these friends, they come in all different forms. I mean, this could be a distant friend. This could be a college friend. This could be a childhood friend. You just have to always be mindful to reevaluate where you're at in your relationships with people no matter the time that has passed and I say that a certain level of hateration is almost accepted these days because it's so common now that you have to deal with it and there's not one person you know I don't know if maybe females deal with this more vocally than men do I would love to hear a male's perspective on this subject because I can only go off of what I've encountered but for women it's almost like the hating is vocal and it's vocalized and if it's not coming directly from the hater's mouth then it's going through someone else who's close enough to you where you're going to hear it you're going to you know intercept that information and you have to move how you see fit and sometimes you know sometimes it's not even worthy to address a hater you feel me like Sometimes people are hating because their shit is not popping or they feel like they should be somewhere else. And I'm going to call myself out right now because that's what real bitches do. I'm going to call myself out right now because there was a point in time when I was in school or when I left school that I was seeing people around me flourish who... I didn't view as talented or as educated or, you know, as ambitious as maybe I thought I was in college and or even in high school. People that I saw around me who may not have exhibited any type of qualities that were going to make me say, oh, yeah, this person is going to be, you know, uberly successful. And now, you know, these are the same people with homes and cars and businesses and doing whatever else they're going to do. And there was a part of me at a low point in my life. I'm 32 now. I probably was around 24, 25, where I had left 
college and I went to Art Institute of Philadelphia. If anybody is planning on going to any art institutes in the future, save yourself the trouble, honey. <laughs> don't do it to yourself because it's a, a debt that you just don't even want to deal with. Um, art Institute meant well. They really did. They meant well. And I had some awesome teachers and I was learning a lot. Don't get me wrong. Uh, their accreditation problems and things that have happened with them are, you know, it's the business side of the school. But as far as the teachers that I had and the content that I was learning, I was invested. I was fully invested when I was in art school. I loved every bit of it. But, um, you know, if you want to you know, transfer any credits over or whatever, that's not going to happen. And you just got to drake it on out, start from the bottom, work your way on up. Now we're here. (laughs) Sidebar, yes. But college made me, it put me in perspective because in high school, you go, you grow up with these people that You've maybe known since elementary school, and they know that you're smart, they know that you're funny, they know that you're capable, they know all these things about you, but college doesn't give a fuck about that. It's a whole new set of rules, so it's kind of like you have to prove yourself all over again, and I had this mentality going into college that, you know, I was just going to do big things, and you don't realize, like, you got some heavy-ass hitters around you whether you know that or not. And I have people who I went to college with who are working in major fashion jobs, who have, they're working in TV, they're taking trips, they're yachting all over the world. They are living their best lives. And I resented that. That was the hater in me. Like we hung out. I kicked it with this person. I I smoke with them. I party with them. I shoot the shit with them. Like, why are they more successful than me? What did they do? And I had to stop assessing the next person beside me. That was something that I had to learn. Because when you're a hater, you can't fucking hide it. It shows. It shows all over you. The salt, honey. You're like a rimmed margarita, bitch. Like, you're salty and it shows. And... I had to really adjust myself and say, you know, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that salty ass person who, you know, is envious or anything like that. I had to check my own haterade that I was sipping because I was sipping strong. I really, really was. I was in like such a down place. No job, not working, you know, no money in my pocket. I got this student loan debt and, you know, I'm looking around, you know, other people who were in the same boat as me just flourishing. And you don't know what that person went through to get where they're at. You really don't. You don't know whose dick they had to suck or what they had to sacrifice. And I'm not saying that like everyone is using someone to get to the top, but you don't know their struggle. You don't know their story. You don't know you know, literally what they gave up to get to this point. And so I had to stop thinking that I knew how my story was supposed to play out and pitting myself against other people who I didn't know anything about their past or who they were before they came to school or why they were successful or they did they have someone backing them or whatever. 
these days, it really is about who you know, not necessarily what you know. I mean, you have to be good at what you do, but it's really about someone taking a chance on you and just saying, let me put you out here and see what you do and how you deliver and you being able to springboard yourself and say, I'm going to take this opportunity and ride it until the wheels fall off. So... Also, make sure that you're checking your hater meter, how (laughs) salty you are on your hater meter, or if you're hating at all. You know, if your friends are around you and they're starting businesses and doing big things and believing in themselves, be happy for them. I, I, I know people who have been in my life who are, you know, immensely successful and I have nothing but good things to say about them even if they weren't the best person or didn't go about it in the the best way to get where they got you know what I'm saying like I I, I have friends who might live a different style life than I'm accustomed to but it works for them and they're successful in that light And you have to step back also and realize that hateration comes in different levels. It's not just someone hating on your money or hating on your hustle. It could be someone, you know, just hating on you as a person. They don't want to see you thrive or they don't want to see you do better than them because they think that you are beneath them. But your hustle might be stronger than theirs. Your work ethic might be stronger than theirs. So, you know, I had to check my own self about clocking what everybody else was doing around me and also remembering that little voice in me that, you know, God telling me, you know, do not be envious. And it's It sounds easier said than done, you know, to just not envy anyone and say, oh, I don't know their story. But when you're constantly trying, trying and trying, you get knocked down, you get knocked down, you get knocked down. It's okay. It's okay. And there are going to be some people who jump right out there with no hesitation and they thrive. I have a friend right now who is acting She's on like Netflix. She's, you know, now got some things under her belt and never had any intention on being an actor when she was younger. She was like a student athlete. She never expressed that, you know, this was the avenue, the lane for her. It's something that she literally fell into. And so you can't be mad at that. And I know that there are are probably a lot of people, especially in her world, you know, the world of um, actors and actresses is actually a really small knit community. And I'm pretty sure she got haters around her saying like, what did she do to get here? Nothing. She was just who she was. And someone took that chance on her and saw the talent in her and gave her that moment. And she grabbed it by the balls and ran with it and I commend her and I'm so proud of her and had I maybe this been five or six years ago there probably would have been a little piece of me that would have held resentment 
and nothing personally to do with her. But, you know, no, I'm the drama kid. I'm the one who did this, do that. Mind you, I've never acted professionally in my life or auditioned for anything, nothing like that. So I wouldn't have been able to even be a hater in that regard because that wasn't my lane. But just to see the, um, you know, how, how quick the success comes about can be a hard pill for other people around you to swallow. Like, um, I think it was Albert Einstein who was not the genius that we all know today. He was not the top of his class. People said that he wasn't smart enough to be where he was at, that his he wasn't ever going to prove his theories. This man got knocked down over and over and over again, they said he was on the like autism spectrum or something like that. And, you know, we only hear all the good things about Albert Einstein and what he has contributed to um, society. But there's a whole nother story and come up for that man and how he got to where he was. I mean, do your research, do your research, especially when we do look up to these people and we just see their success. And, you know, we don't ask ourselves how they got there. We don't say to ourselves like, oh, I can be that person. You know, if I saw Albert Einstein's uh, journey to where he got to, I would be like, I don't want that. I don't want that to get knocked down over and over and over and over and over again. But of course, we all want the success. He's Albert Einstein. So you just have to put that into perspective when you are seeing people around you who you might feel are thriving or whatever. I was just recently watching, if you haven't watched it, I believe it's called The Last Dance. And I don't know where I watched it at, but it's basically a limited docu-series on Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls and just their success and how they came to be and all of that. And just hearing Michael Jordan's story about how he wasn't always the best basketball player and also getting this level of fame that he has and where he's at how draining and exhausting and invasive his life is every step of the way with you know all these kids saying you know I want to be like Mike he this man is sitting up in his hotel room just trying to smoke a cigar and block his mind out from the world going on around him so we have to be mindful that be careful what you wish for because you just might get it and it just might not be your time. It might not be your time. Now, I'm also a full advocate that haters are necessary for you to thrive and that I believe is absolutely true. I need some motherfucker telling the next person who done told me that they don't believe in me and they think my shit is trash. And that's okay. I need that because if you're always at this top tier where you never fuck up, where you're, you know, and then you get to this point and you're not allowed to fail. If you do anything outside of being perfect, then you get the hateration on top of that. So, you know, 
just be careful because it's so easy to lose track of who we are and where we're at and in our own timelines, in our own journeys. And I had to teach myself to stop looking at what the next person was doing around me. And there's a, I think it's a meme that's been going around on Facebook for quite some time that basically shows the bread aisle. And it just shows that there is an avenue for everyone. Everybody can eat, you know, what your service or product may be offering is going to be a little bit different from my product or service, even though we're marketing kind of the same thing. It's not the same thing. Wonder Bread is not, you know, nature's own. They're, They're bread, but everybody has their own lane and they're all right traveling in that lane. And I got discouraged about that when I was starting the podcast because there were podcasts popping up all around me, you know, people saying, oh, we're doing this, we're doing that. And me seeing people bring up YouTube channels and, you know, just all these avenues that people were traveling down. I'm like, damn, have I missed the wave? Is my time already up? Should I just forego this dream that I have to talk to my podcast family or you know just say whatever is on my mind and I had to just let go of the fear of what somebody else was going to think of me it's like the fear of a hater who's not even fucking there and you have to get out of your mind that someone's going to be better than you or you missed your time or whatever. I tell people on my social media all the time, I don't do this show for anyone but myself, really. To tell myself that I can start and finish something and feel accomplished whether you come here and listen every week or not. You're missing out. And I have to see it as that and just continue to soldier on no matter what. So, yeah, we're talking about haters today, but also recognizing your own shine and flowing on your own timeline. Tyra Banks said it best. Shine bright, shine far, be a star. Circa Eve. Okay, we all watched that movie. But the sentiment and the mantra is so real. and We can apply it to our lives just to shine bright, shine far, reach higher, Everyone during this whole quarantine COVID situation has really been on lockdown, but the creative juices have been flowing. I've been seeing way more output on businesses. Now, some of y'all need to stop what you're doing because some of y'all selling these plates and ain't looking too right, but that's neither here nor there. We're going to keep on moving on positive note. If you started that business and it's making you money and it's proven fruitful and it's making you happy, fuck what a hater got to say about you, even including me. <laughs> but that's true shit. Just keep on pressing on. I believe that everyone's journey and the things that are supposed to come to you are going to happen in their own time. Feel it, grab it, claim it, all of those good things. Um, This week, I don't have a business to highlight. I do have a YouTube channel that I would love for y'all to subscribe to. A near and dear friend of mine, Channing, her and her wife, Pearl, have a great YouTube channel called Chan and Pearl. They do, you know, pranks and Q&As and talk about their lives. They're super funny, real, and 
you know, just off the cuff and it feels like something cozy to watch when I, you know, look at their videos. I look forward to their videos every week just because it feels genuine. I know there are a lot of couples putting out YouTube channels now because that's kind of the wave, but you have to break through the clutter and I think they're doing a great job at that. So make sure you drop in on some of their videos. Again, their YouTube channel is Chan and Pearl. Make sure you go subscribe to them because they're super funny. All right, y'all. I think that's it for this week. Um, I was, again, so happy to just come to y'all on a lighter note. Even though I'm still talking some real shit. You know what I'm saying? But make sure that you just continue to be positive this week. And make sure that you're staying safe. Much peace and love to everybody. And I will see y'all next week. Bye.